Will you turn with me, friends, to the 20th chapter of John's Gospel? The 20th chapter of John's Gospel and verses 30 and 31. And many other signs, truly, did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. I believe, friends, that that statement there at the end of that chapter, I think is the key, really, to the whole of the Gospel according to John. Those signs, and there are eight specific signs given here in this Gospel, have one aim in mind, that God was pointing out in every one of them something that had a deep, deep significance, a sign with a great significance. And our brother, a couple of weeks ago, when he stood in for Mr. Welch, made a statement when he said, that every pupil that stands here possibly to minister the word, you won't be able to help but to hear something of the master that taught. I think that's so in all things. Uh, there is very much, although we are in, in the spirit, we are very much still, whilst we're in this life, very much in the flesh. And I believe that we do follow our earthly teacher in many ways. After all, when the Apostle Paul wrote his uh, letters to Timothy, he stresses this fact about the uh, understanding the things which he had taught Timothy, that he might be able to teach others also, and so the teaching goes on one after the other. And I'm quite sure, too, that Timothy manifested many of the little things that the Apostle Paul had as personal uh, touches that were his and his alone. And so, when we use this... Uh, what should I say, when we use this Greek language as a sort of stepping off stone for a subject, you know, I never did understand the word of God anything like I do today until I began to understand something of the original words that the scriptures were written in. How frequently we come across a word which we say, well, why did this, why did the translators change this word here? Why did they why didn't they stick to the, the word that it really means? And you, you begin to wonder. And since I've been looking at this Gospel of John, this very simple word, S-I-M-I-E-O-N, Simeon, is the word used throughout John's Gospel for this word, sign. And many other signs. We've just seen in verse 30, and many other signs. That's the word, Simeon, and Yet, yet, I say, out of 17 occurrences of that word in this gospel, only four times is it translated sign. The other 13, it's referred to as miracle. You say to yourself, well, why? Has a miracle a definite sign? No, I don't believe so. But I believe where the miracle is, uh, is shown and recorded under the inspiration of the word of God, I believe that, uh, as in this gospel, he gives you the answer here in verse 30 when he says, These are written, 
that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, and that believing you might have life through his name. I was looking upstairs just now in a concordance. It was rather strange. When I looked at, um, I thought, surely the word Simeon rings a bell, because it was Simeon who took the child Jesus in his hands, and then quoted that very wonderful passage about, now let us thy servant depart in peace for, and you know the passage well enough, I won't turn to it, but, you see, I thought, Simeon, just look at Luke 2, will you? Luke 2.34 is the passage, just to get to keep the thought in mind. In verse 29 of Luke 2, Simeon, lifting up that little child, said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which are spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. And that word sign is exactly the same spelling as the name Simeon. So I think it's rather significant that the name of that man should uh, should be the very thing that God was recording there. And the more one goes through the Gospel of John and looks through these signs, you see how it's like a sort of repeating hammer blow that finally drives a nail right into the very head. And although, of course, we can't go through these eight signs, I would like just for the brief moments left to us to just look at the introduction to the first and the last sign of these eight. Eight, of course, as you well know, is the number of resurrection and it's all marked with the Spirit of God right throughout the whole of Scripture. Number eight, eight, eight. It's the octave, the repeat of the first. And uh, the um, these eight signs, uh, particularly, of course, the last one, which mark you, the last and eighth sign is the one sign which was given after the resurrection of Christ, which again has that hallmark of eight stamped upon it. But just, I'll just refer briefly, first of all, to them all, and that is that uh, the first one in chapter 2 refers to the water being changed to wine, and the, uh, in chapter 21 the draft of fishes. The second balances with the seventh, that is, the ruler's son that was saved, just before dying, he was uh, brought back to strength and health. And in chapter 11, the one that balances that is the raising of Lazarus from the dead. In chapter 5 and in chapter 9, uh, the impotent man that had been uh, crippled for 38 years balances the man born blind in chapter 9. And the two central figures, the feeding of 5,000 and the walking on the sea, have again two a very deep significance. And if the Lord uh, leads that way, maybe we might take these pairs of signs as Wednesday meetings, if, if the Lord will, and if the uh, uh, principal is not well enough to take the meetings. But first of all, will you turn to the first chapter of John, and verse 46. The first chapter of John, and verse 46. We have just seen here, Nathaniel has just been introduced to our Lord. And um, in verse 45, it says that Philip findeth Nathaniel, and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth. 
the son of Joseph. Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip said unto him, Come and see. Will you turn to chapter 21? Keep your finger in chapter 1, because we'll turn back to it in a moment. Nathanael is introduced in the first place. But here in chapter 20, which, which precedes this miracle or sign in chapter 21, we have this disciple Thomas, the well-known passage when Thomas, in verse 24, Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with them. And, of course, he says, except I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, there you are, the eight again is significance in this question of coming up to the resurrection sign. And after eight days again, his disciples were within. And Thomas with them, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. There at the very end, you've got this Thomas saying, I'll not believe. He's denying his Lord, but the moment our Lord appeared, all he could do was to fall at his feet. He didn't want to see the, the print of the nails in his hand. He didn't want to thrust his hand into the wound in his side. All he was content with seeing the Lord. And immediately his confession was, my Lord and my God. If we turn back to chapter 1, we'll see that Nathaniel has a very parallel thought. Here, introducing the first sign, Nathaniel has already said in verse um, 46, he's already said, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? And then they said to him, Come and see. But you see, in uh, verse 48, Nathaniel says to our Lord, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathaniel answered and said unto him, Rabbi, that is master, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. This denial of our Lord, immediately being followed by a personal contact with him, and showing us, my Lord, my God, thou art the Lord, thou art the Son of God, Thou art the King of Israel. And on those two confessions, these balancing signs, the turning of water to wine, and the miraculous draught of fishes right at the very end, after our Lord's resurrection, has a very, very deep significance. And it's not a bit of use trying to feel that thought now. But just think, if you will, friends, on these wonderful signs of John's Gospel. For, believe, believe what the Spirit of God has recorded, that as we read at the very beginning, these, no matter how many other signs Jesus did, it doesn't matter. The Spirit of God records this fact. These, these eight, that are recorded in John's Gospel, are recorded with one specific aim. A sign, eight signs, with eight significant uh, stresses on this question of Christ, the Son of God. And we'll see later on, perhaps, right in those two central ones. Is the, is the great title of God brought out in a very wonderful way when he says that I am. He uses that great title of Jehovah, I am. But remember, 
These are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Amen.